Hello, and back again. Well, we're back again. I'm glad you're back again for another episode of Masterpiece Theater. No, I'm just kidding. It's Pop Culture Uncovered. Um, so I generally make it a point, you know, when I'm linked up with, you know, my fellow chaos triplets, Bell and Pete, to try to always have something fun and positive to discuss. But the sad news for you is the fact that this the world's world, on fire. The, 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 world, <laughs> the world is a dumpster fire, and occasionally we are forced to discuss the nature of the dumpster fire on this podcast. And in this instance, it's actually an interesting, um, interesting nuanced issue that I that I wanted to bring up. So it's when pop culture can serve as inspiration or incitement um, for terrorists or for fire for extremists. Now the issue itself was was raised in um i read it in variety by an article written by uh zach sheriff um which was based off a uh an article that michael kane uh had been interviewed for in the spectator um that's a uk publication and because his war epic zulu was cited on a recent united kingdom counterterrorism report and it was flagged as being a possible source of inspiration for terrorist groups and far-right extremists, to which his response was it was ridiculous. To which my response is, what's that old saying, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes? And so I kind of wanted to start tonight off with this. People, you know, it's starting to fade out of the memory of a lot of people, um, the Oklahoma City bomb. Now, if I told you that that bombing was inspired by a piece of pop culture, you would probably be surprised. But there was an extraordinarily popular book that was being passed around in Christian identity and white supremacist circles called the Turner Diaries. And the Turner Diaries described a, a, a white ethno-state version of the United States in the future and talked about you know, the legendary struggles of this man Turner who had been one of the people who he didn't end the war that created the ethno state, but he started it. And one of those stories involved a truck bomb, which was the direct source for Timothy McVeigh's inspiration. So I find it a little concerning that I can understand Michael Caine's affection for Zulu. It was, the, it was literally the movie that, that made him a movie star and got him from performing on stage to being on film. So I can understand his affection for it. Zulu is a perfect example of a colonial tale. Brave British soldiers against all odds, against the heathen unwashed hordes, you know, or at best the noble savages as we bring civilization and culture to them. Back when it was popular to argue that colonialism was horrible, but it had brought civilization, you know, to the savage heathens. And thus, therefore, it was a good thing. Um, so it's absolutely true that pop culture can serve as a basis for inspirations um, for violence. Now, I mean, I'm sure that's true on both sides, right? I'm sure that somebody listening to this, I'm sure you'll be able to find an example of somebody who was on the left wing who committed some act of violence in relationship to some piece of pop culture, of which I would tell you that, you know, violence in any form, in any form is bad. But let's not negate the fact that art and music and culture have always been forms of entertainment that don't just entertain us, they communicate cultural values. And people can be inspired by that. Um, Bell, you know more about this than, than I do, seeing how you're actually a creative working in the field. What was your kind of response to Michael Caine's comments and kind of the, this, this larger issue? 
I think that his commentary was very reflective of his age. You know, it's the movie that made me a star. Correct. This is not a noble tale. It reminds me of um, to, to the Woman King, but it also reminds me of uh, Lawrence of Arabia. It's told from the from the invaders' perspective, and so and the people who are in it are the descendants of those very people. Maybe not directly, but kinda, or often than not, kinda. So. Do I understand what he's saying about how, yes, people are going to do what they do regardless? Yes. But you cannot deny that culture, and I'm not talking about just current pop culture, but everything was pop. Hell, the Odyssey was pop culture. Everything, all types of pop culture affect generations, affect history, affect how people deal with day-to-day and can start revolutions or can incite violence. Um, to ignore that is to quite literally ignore actual history. To say that that is not true is ignoring actual history. And I'm not even talking about, to your point about the, the shootings, I'm talking about 40, 50, 100, 1,000 years ago to the point of some of the other people who were in the article, like the creator of House of uh, House of Cards, both the UK and US versions, uh, who basically straight up said, well, then if you, that's the case, people are going, if, there, if someone's going to take my work and use it, even though it is quite literally a parody of that very thing, they're always going to do it. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I think that Kane choosing to willfully ignore the nuance of the situation is not a good look in any way, shape, size, or form. I also think that this is not a path people want to actually trod down. I don't, I'm not comfortable saying that pieces of media should be banned completely because they create, they, especially things like Shakespeare, because that was also one of the things that was cited. Yeah, but, the, but, but, complete works of William Shakespeare. But we're not talking about banning. We're talking about the UK said there some of these creative works might be used for the purpose of incitement. We're not talking about banning. True. We're, talk, we're t- talking about putting them in their proper context. That's what I was getting to. There is one thing to say, these things happen and this was the context and we need to examine all of the things around them. Go ahead, Pete. I think you both make pretty much the, the same point that that's in my head. Look, if I'm Michael Caine and I'm 89 years old, I have a, a great affection for the movies and I, that I've done. And he's done, you know, a lot of that. I, I think there's this feeling that all of us get at a certain point um, where it, it's how, how do you judge something from a different era? Um, and I never like the excuse of, you know, oh, this was, you know, of its time because for the most part, like that's the films that, that we, we say are, are, are of their time. People knew that, you know, it was a shitty take. There was just nobody to vocalize that it was a shitty take. You know, there was nobody to vocalize that this is glorifying colonialism because everyone was kind of fine with that, you know, um, except the people who had no voice. And now those people have a voice or now people are studying that. Now people are paying attention to that. And it, it sucks to have a work of art that you are a part of and that you have a deep affection for to be co-opted 
you know, for, for things that, that you may not yourself believe in, you know, like, do I believe Michael Caine is white supremacist? No, at least I hope not. So I get like his, his pain and like hurt at that. And, and the way that like, it's, it's almost unfathomable for him, but that's also coming from an, and I, you know, you know, people hate this word, but it comes from a place of privilege because he doesn't have to think about that. He doesn't have to think about you know the the colonial implications of that movie bridge on the river kwai and other others that were cited you know to me knowing you know the people i know who who give a pass to white supremacy domestic terrorism and every other thing you know there's a whole different list of movies that i would put on that list including ones that i like uh like boondock saints and and you know the the big lebowski because the people I know who have really shitty opinions really love those kinds of movies and basically the entire works of Quentin Tarantino. Uh, and so, you know, shitty people seem to gravitate to the same kind of pop culture because it speaks to them in ways that I didn't realize a piece of pop culture could speak to somebody because I'm not seeing the same messages and it's not speaking to me in the same way. Uh, and so I, I, I feel for Michael Caine um but because i i feel like that would just absolutely suck i mean look as a veteran it is hard sometimes to hear people i know and love talk about the military industrial complex to talk about you know the the complexity that that comes from you know uh lionizing veterans at all at, at every turn without any sort of like discernment or any sort of like perspective uh it but the reality is that you know it is if there is a there is valid critique out there and you have to be able to you know as a citizen of society you have to be able to understand the critique that other people are going to leverage against something that you have a stake in and and be able to to hear and accept them that's literally what being in, in, in a part of a society is about and if you can't handle that critique like i get it i can relate to you but at the same time, like it's that's not good enough, and it's certainly not good enough anymore in this day and age, um, because there is a great deal of scrutiny being paid to things that should have been scrutinized from the beginning. Um, you know, we we talk about the Oscars, you know, and 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 other award you know award winning movies, and there's still there's still this culture that celebrates one kind of story, and. And, and, and tucks away other types of stories that people are still not ready to hear. Um, and, and yeah, and so I, I think it's, 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 rich, it's, it's incredibly complex. It's not a fun topic. Um, I, I don't think it's fun for anybody, um, but there's, there's some truth there. And, and the question I, I wanna know is like, what are people, uh, what are these people who are white supremacists who are you know who who sympathize with you know domestic terror in whatever country they happen to be in what are they getting from these movies that's the answer like that's the that's the question we we should be asking the question we should be answering the question we should be studying regardless of how comfortable and uncomfortable it makes us like it what why you know because Clearly, there is some link. Right. Yeah. right. And, and, we're not, and we're not talking about banning. We're talking about, you know, some of these things. Right. Studied. So, so, so let me kind of, you know, to close this out, let me, let me point out a couple of quick things in terms of, you know, significant historical events influenced by pop culture. Charles Manson and the Manson family it was all about the Beatles. 
Helter Skelter literally, literally leapt from being a piece of music to being part of, you know, of, of, of a serial killer's tirade. Um, Hinckley and his attempted murder of, of President Reagan. He was trying to impress Jodie Foster, who he fell in love with from having seen Taxi Driver. He was supposed to have gone, he, he see it compulsively over and over and over again. The Battle of Algiers, a cl classic film, all about the French, French colonial uh, occupation of Algeria and how, and how it began to come to an end. They make that film part of required counterinsurgency studies at multiple US um, military schools and academies. So you can't sit and say that no, these, these different pieces of pop culture can't possibly um, inspire or inform anyone because to really close this out, I think it's much more about who's being inspired and why. My closing thought, Orlando Jones got fired from American Gods. And when he got fired from American Gods, he got fired in part because the showrunner, who happened to be a, a, a person of European descent, did not feel that his character, Mr. Nancy or Anansi, was conveying a message that was what young Black men needed to be hearing because he was angry. He was outraged about what had happened to his people. And that was enough to remove the guy who had written most of season two of your show that kept it afloat after the original showrunners had gotten fired and led really to the cancellation of your show because won't nobody on youtube watching clips of anything but orlando jones's performances because he was because he was crushing it so it seems to be we're worried about censorship when some people on the far right might you know my oh you have to make sure the content's available to them what are you talking about censorship you know cancel culture but when it's on the other side, it's this isn't an appropriate message for young African-Americans. So let me make this my closing thought, which I will tell you is a prelude to a full-throated show that we will be doing in the very near future. This is the reason why Black folks cannot make pop culture for the purposes of appealing to white audiences. Worry about creating something that is true to you. And I will tell you as a guy who's trying to write a book, it's hard enough to write a story that you think matters. Our communities deserve to have stories that are told with them in mind. And then we invite everybody else in. If you don't wanna come in, that's on your business. That's okay. You know, I think, you know, the Woman King kind of showed everybody, it's like, hey, you make something that you feel is genuine and is true, people will show up. You know, Disney didn't make money off Black Panther because they just knew test audiences were just going to fall in love with it. They made money off Black Panther because the creatives that were involved were like, we've got a story to tell that will resonate with the entire African diaspora. Then they did it and everybody was like, oh, snap, you got little white kids wanting to do Wakanda forever because you make something beautiful, you open the doors for everybody to come in and watch it, but you don't sit and try to custom tailor make it for them. So um, love to forever to Orlando Jones, because I will tell you right now, when I get off this show, off this podcast, I'm going to go back and watch his clips on YouTube again of him, him, him as a Nazi. Um, but this has been another thought-provoking episode of Pop Culture Uncovered, where ordinarily at this point, I would be asking you to like, listen, and subscribe. So I'm going to say, please like, listen, and subscribe. Please check us out on popcultureuncovered.com. Please check us out at PC, uh, PC Uncovered on Twitter and Instagram. But more importantly, 
If you like the show, please share, please share it. We are very proud of what we do. We have been churning out fresh content since 2014. We are OGs in the podcast game. And we appreciate your support. Remember, only you can keep whack podcasts from being heard. Support the real ones. Skip the fake ones. Peace and love, everybody. We'll be back next week. De La Soul forever. Dave, I still miss you. See y'all soon. Peace.